created to have some fun together sharing and singing. So join and enjoy. Our love for opera brings us together. Thanks for being with us in this trip. And today or this time we are talking about I was about to say the uh, the last creation of Maestro Verdi, but in fact, if you are aware, if you know the the compositions uh, by Maestro Giuseppe Verdi, you are already aware that there was another opera after the one we will be talking about today. Of course, the last composition by Maestro Verdi is Falstaff, but we are talking today about the previous uh, the previous opera he composed. Of course, we are talking about. Otello. And uh, what is wh what is there to talk about Otello? Well, there is lots to talk about Otello from the musical and uh, composition style by Maestro Verdi, from the uh, great singers that have portrayed the characters in this very splendid opera. And of course, we can also talk about so some anecdotes around uh, this role. So, Uh, uh, for me, and I have to share it with you, it's a very special moment because I have to, again, confess, you know, I like to confess these kind of things. My love and appreciation for Otello came, uh, if when compared to other, because, uh, you know, the style for Il Trovatore, La Traviata, Rigoletto, our love for those operas can, uh, can be easily, very easily be understood because of the number of performances, of the number of recordings of those performances that one can now have access to. However, it is not the same case as for Otello. There are, there are not as many recordings, there are not as many performances on stage, and the ones that one has access to are not always uh, that good so that one could enjoy them. So with that in mind, it was until maybe in the last 10 years that I really, I think that I, that I also have to mature myself in the understanding of opera so that I could really uh, have a more deeper connection with this opera by Maestro Verdi. And before we fall, uh, we go and have some conversation around the details of this opera, let's start with a couple of things that people, you people may be familiar with. Uh, Verdi liked to take uh, stories or novels written by composers, uh, sorry, by writers or poets. And this is the time, and it is not the first time that Verdi takes Shakespeare as the basis of one of his operas. Of course, you can uh, easily or very rapidly, rapidly think of a couple of others, but before we talk about any other and deviate ourselves from the main topic, let's go back to Shakespeare and Otello, also known as El Moro di Venezia. Huh. It was, I was telling you, uh, not the last, but the Uh, before the second before last a composition by Maestro Verdi. Uh, Verdi had already had had already harvested uh, a good number of successes. You also may be familiar with the fact that Verdi is one of the very few examples or the very few cases of composers who happen to die being rich. 
contrary to what happens to maybe uh, the, uh, the opposite case as it was with uh, Mozart, who died very poor. It is the contrary to Maestro Verdi. He really he knew how to manage to manage his career and success. Uh, Verdi had this way of talking to the soul of people, and this is based on that that he was very successful by the time he decided to compose Otello. It is said, or there are some anecdotes that say that Otello was uh, kept in secret and that very few people knew what he was working on and that, in fact, the name Otello was never uh, uttered by anyone close to that composition. It is said that they used to refer to Otello as the Chocolata, you know, the chocolate opera. Uh, one, can, one has the right to believe if that may be true at some point, just, or is it just part of the story of what really happens? Uh, one of the uh, to justify the name Chocolata is because uh, I was telling you that Otello is the Moro di Venezia, and that means that he had a very dark skin. With that dark skin in his mind, it is justified that this was op this opera was referred to as the Chocolata. So this was the very dear Chocolata for Maestro Verdi, and uh, the Verdi knew that Shakespeare also had this a way of talking to the emotions of people and that's what uh, Verdi really liked about Shakespeare. So taking that into account, of course, you know, uh, it is the same case now. Uh, you have a, a book and when you see the movie that it is built around that book, there are some things that need to be changed because we are having a different way of expressing that art. That is the case for opera. Opera, of course, is a very different uh, art when compared to writing and composition, when one can recreate all uh, the characters, reread it if necessary, make a pause, uh, assume or uh, suspect or think what is going to happen next, but that is not the case as the opera. You are presented with a male character, a female character, and now you are somehow subject to what you are listening and understanding as the opera is developing throughout all the acts. With all that being said, we have to talk now about who is Otello. Otello is, uh, at this point, when the opera is starting, when it is opening, Otello at this point is a very successful man. And you may also be aware that a man that is successful can easily attract bad feelings from others. We will talk a little more about this very bad guy that at the end will bring the ruin to Otello. Of course, we are talking about Iago. But at the very beginning, uh, Otello is very successful. Otello, as the, uh, as the opera is starting, there is this demonstration of success as he arrives to his hometown. And we're talking about Chaiper. And in that, uh, in the, by the sea, or yeah, close to the sea by the pier of Chipper, where Otello is the new governor after a battle with the Turkish, he arrives and uh, 
there is this opening that many, many people like because it is very impressive. Now, we, before we, we, we talk we talk a little more about that, it, we cannot consider it an aria, but the opening words by Otello. We have to tell that Otello, one of the reasons why Otello is not very often sung is because of the very demanding role this is for the tenor. This time we're talking about a tenor that has to have a very powerful voice. Many people consider it takes a dramatic tenor, Many people think it's more more than a dramatic tenor in the Italian conception of the dramatic voice. It is closer to a Helden tenor uh, that is in the German repertory with not so many high notes, but with a very, very powerful center and low voice with, you know, like uh, with a voice that it's almost like a canon. That's what it is usually said about the voice of Otello, and of course, in history, there's not been so many singers who can achieve that. Of course, there is, uh, if there is a few, at least they are very, very famous for what they did. Of course, the first Otello was Francesco Tamaño, with a huge, huge, powerful voice. We also know about Mario del Monaco more recently in the 50s past century. Mario del Monaco was another very famous uh, Otello. And of course, Carlos Cosu Carlo Cosuta, or Cosuta, also another Italian tenor. Uh, it has also been uh, sung by Mr. John Bickers, not that strong as, it, as the previous ones. And uh, it is also said that Enrico Caruso was in fact uh, uh, studying Otello when he died, so he was not uh, uh, successful in singing that role. More recently, you, mo you may also be aware that Placido Domingo sang it. Uh, personally, and maybe at this point I will also get uh, many enemies for what I am about to say, personally, I do not like uh, Placido Domingo very much. There are very few roles where I like him singing. And Otello, of course, is not one of the roles that I like for his voice. Of course, after having heard uh, uh, Maestro Tamaño, or having heard Mario del Monaco, or Carlo Cosuta, even Ramon Binay. You know, uh, Ramon Binay was a Chilean uh, a singer who came to live to Mexico. Of course, Ramon Binay is also a very impressive tenor a very impressive Otello so when I compare Placido's results to these very famous singers truth is that I do not really like it but now having said about the, the difficulties and the type of voice that it is Otello many people know that uh, the opera starts I was telling you with the arrival of this new governor Otello himself to the uh, to the lands of Chaiper And he opens with a word that go like Esultate, l'orgoglio musulmano sepolto in mar, nostra del cielo gloria dopo l'arme lo vince l'uragano. But it is very easily said, and if you have the chance of at one day looking at, the, if you read music at one day, you have the opportunity uh, at the score, you may notice that. The highest note that it is written, it is an A, and so it may not seem too difficult to sing, but take into account one thing. Orchestration is heavy, there is a choir, and you're just opening the opera. And moreover than that, the voice of 
Otelo has to be so powerful and impressive that people have to believe. It is not like an, a small voice says, says, because, you know, it is, you're not singing uh, to a child. Uh, it is not a lullaby. It is not a song of love. As in Rodolfo's, it is not a complaint. As in Cavaradosis Tosca, it is. Uh, you have to prove yourself. You have to open with that very huge voice. Uh, that of course, this falls. Uh, this is beyond the reach of uh, lyrical voices, and this powerful has to be like. Of course, you take your try to picture that in your mind with a, of course, a much, much powerful voice that what I just tried to do. So picture that, that man uh, on the top of the stage singing that. The, the importance is not on the length of how much he takes that for long, but the power of And as the area goes on, Nostra del Cele Gloria, Dopo l'armio vince l'oragano. By the way, l'oragano, lu, that... Uh, that syllable is not a complete so because people tend to believe that uh, the tenor usually cannot uh, adhere to a loragano, but it is uh, it is called uh, it is because it is not a written uh, a complete written note. It is more uh, you, if you look at the at the score, you may immediately notice that that there is a shakatura there. So it goes, and there is this uh, acclamation by the people for Otello. Evviva Otello! Evviva! Viva! And with uh, this very uh, brief part that takes even less than two minutes to be sung, if we were ah, at this point, maybe I should mention that one of the characteristics of the style of composition by Maestro Verdi in his later days is that he has been, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I should use the word evolving, but at least changing to uh, his style. People like to say that it is closer to Wagner because also you know that one of the things that people is obsessed about is comparing composers or trying to prove a point or anything. And people who are Wagnerians themselves like to say that Verdi understood the geniosity of Wagner and at the end of his career he composed in a way that was more closer to Wagner in the sense that there is this light motif, that the main singers do not have arias, duets, and that and all those traditions that Italian music and Verdi's style had in the previous years. Uh, it might be true at some point, but what I think is that one, have to under, one has to understand that Maestro Verdi evolved in the way he had to evolve himself. With that being said, this opening scene by Otello is not an aria because it is not to be a, 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 a sung part as it could be in any other opera. 
It is just the way all the drama has to evolve as now he has presented himself. Now, I think it is also time that we talk about the two other, the two other main characters in the opera, and it is the wife of Otello, Desdemona, Desdemona sung by a lyrical soprano. One also has to take into account two things when one talks about the soprano. One is that she has to be a great actress, a great singer, and by a great actress we need to take into account that except for the first act throughout the whole opera, uh, Desdemona is abused both, both verbally and physically on stage. So she has to appear fragile to the eyes of the spectators, still very loving to Otello. One does not have to doubt any time throughout the whole opera that Desdemona really loves Otello. If one has to think, and I would like to talk a little more about that as we approach when we approach to the end of the opera, many people think that Desdemona is somehow obsessed and has a toxic love to the man who starts treating her so very bad. Of course, that is one of the thoughts uh, that one recently has around the role of Desdemona. I was telling you that not only she had to be a great actress so to appear fragile and still believable in love for Otello, and she has to be a great singer. Uh, it has to be a consummate, mature soprano for two main reasons. One, re remember that Otello is a huge, powerful voice. If you put, a, if you have a smaller, a soprano with a smaller voice, a nice but still small voice, uh, to to sing uh, with Otello, nobody will hear, will be able to hear her. The power and the voice and the volume of Otello will not let her shine. So it has to be. A very a great voice. Of course, there are also a number of sopranos, important sopranos. One of them, of course, being uh, Renata Tebaldi, who liked to sing the role of Desdemona. Of course, you know that Tebaldi has a very powerful voice. Nothing to be afraid of when she sang along with Carlo del Monaco. Of course, there are other very good sopranos who have sung it uh, more recently. And uh, not only she has to be a mature voice, I was telling you, also a powerful voice in some sense, but she also has to sing beautifully. The only love, the only light that shines throughout the whole opera is the voice of Desdemona. As Otello descends throughout the darkness of anger, of jealousy, of not being able to control himself, there is always this very beautiful voice of Desdemona reminding him, I still love you and I will love you till the last breath of my life. And it is at this point, uh, I will not be providing many details around the, the, the plot or the libretto of this opera, but I would like to jump quickly to how this opera actually wraps up to the end of the first act. And we have what we call a duet of love through Thaw. It is, it, is, it is, of course, a duet, but there are a couple of things that are very 
interesting to remark. And before I go into the remarks, I would like to mention if you like and if you have appreciated the art of Maria Callas and Giuseppe Di Stefano, if you do, you already know that both Maria Callas and Di Stefano sang a good number of times, uh, not only when they were in the top of their vocal capacities, but also by the end of their careers. And it is by the end of their careers that they, uh, in fact, recorded this duet. Also, to remind you that in opera, we like to give the names of the arias and duets or the tercetos to with the starting phrase of that uh, of that duet or that uh, tercetto. And it is the case that it is called the Già nella notte densa, It is called Gianne la Notte Densa. If you happen to have the, if you have the chance, and if you go looking for that, there is a couple of uh, uh, places in YouTube where you can find a recording of those later days by Maria Callas and Giuseppe Di Stefano. You may at this point say, "Hey, they are at the decline of their careers," and it is true. But also, you have to uh, take into account that in this duet, uh, Otello is not shouting out loud anything. Neither is Desdemona. It is, in fact, a very intimate duet. If you really have the chance of looking for that in the voices of Callas and Di Stefano, please do so. Because both Di Stefano and Callas have a deep understanding of how things have to be said and sung, how phrasing takes into place, how uh, la, la Monsieur and Lo Tempo play into this that one, uh, it's really worth those minutes listening to them. And so going back to the duet that starts, It is, this uh, opening is somehow uh, different to what happens with earlier Verdi because Otello is like referring to what is happening now. It is dark, it is night, there is no one else there. It is only Desdemona, him, the night and the moon. And by these quiet notes, he's sharing with us what Desdemona means to him. Ya el mio cor fremevondo s'amansa in questo amplesso e si risenza. Tuoni la guerra e si risavi il mondo se dopo l'ira immensa vien questo amor. Nothing else matter now that he is with Desdemona enjoying those minutes that are next that night. And Desdemona replying also with words of love says, Mio superbo guerrier, quanti tormenti, quanto mesti sospiri, e quanta speme ci conduce ai suavia bracimenti. Mio superbo guerrier, she starts saying, because she admires the strength and the fa and the power and the willingness of Otello. Quanti tormenti, quanti mesti sospiri. Because she, as the wife of Otello, understands the man 
behind el guerrero, behind that conquistatore. She understands the man. So she's talking to that soul that she loves. Via abrachamenti, I hold you, I embrace you. Oh, come dolce il murmurare insieme, teneramente, with the scorses come una voce lontana. Because I was telling you that neither is Otello showing off his powerful voice the same way Desdemona is not showing off her powerful soprano voice. They are having this very intimate duet where words are so important that now she's telling us Cuando narravi le sulle tua vita e i fieri e i venti e i lunghi tuoi dolor ed io tu dia con l'anima rapita in quei spaventi. When you were, when you narrated me All those uh, brave, tremendous adventures, those tremendous battles, battles, and your pain, because she says, "Ei lunghi tuoi dolor," because she knows that Otello suffered. Ed io tu dia collanima rapita, and I used to listen to you. I heard what you were sharing me. And you stole my soul with all those words, with all those things that you were narrating, with all those things that you were telling me because my heart it was in such ecstasies when I heard your words. Otello replies, Pingea dell'armi il fremito, la pugna e il volgar Volgaliardo a la breccia mortal, l'assalto, orribile dera, colunia al baluardo e sibilante stral. Poi mi guidavi al fulgi diserti, all'arse arene, al tuo materno sol, replies Desdemona. You are transporting me to those lands, to that desert, to that sand and the lands of yours. Narrabia l'orli spassimi, sofferti e le catene, e dello schiavo il duol. Ingentilitia di lacrime la storia e il tuo bel viso. Otello, commosso, Understanding the words of this demon are so full of words, so full of love. Understanding how carried away she is by the pains and the stories of Otello. He continues, E il labro di sospir scendean sulle mie tenebre, la gloria il paradiso e gli astri venedir. Ah! Because that light of yours descended on my uh, tenebra and my darkness, that glory, il paradiso, paradise, and all those are uh, the astria benedir. And this demon replies, Ed io vedea fra le tue tempi oscure, 
by this at this point if you are aware of how the opera goes you are aware that the the voice of the desdemona is at this point so fragile et io vede afra le tue piascure splendor del genio letteria beltà and Otello replies e tu mamavi per le mie sventure e tu mamavi per le mie sventure ed io t'amavo per la tua pietà ed io t'amavo per le tue sventure e tu mamavi per la mia pietà and with this exchange of phrases and I love you because of those uh, griefness of yours and you loved me per la mia pietà for that uh, piety that I have in my heart they understand each other they share what they, they love about each other and wrap up the duet still insisting io t'amavo per la tua pietà e mi colga nell'estasi di questo amplesso il momento su temo, temo che più non mi sarà concesso quest'attimo divino ignoto a venir del mio destino Desdemona replies disperde il cielo affani amar non muti col mutar degli anni ah, replies Otello ah, questa tua preghiera Amen risponda la celeste schiera. And Desdemona replies, Amen ti risponda. Otelo, ah, la gioia mi inonda si fieramente. Still not with any exaggeration. It is not, la gioia mi inonda si fieramente. It is not that. It is, on the contrary, very still, very quiet, very calm, very intimate. Ah, la gioia mi nonda si fieramente che al sante mi giaccio. And now, a very important phrase. Un bacio. Otello requesting a kiss from Desdemona and Desdemona replying Otello and uh, Otello insists Un bacio Ancora un bacio Still insisting and requesting please leave me, give me a kiss Già la pleia di ardente in mar discende. And Zezemona uh, replies, Torza è la notte. Now, 
that the night, as Desdemona says, tarde la noche, Otelo insiste, Vian, van aras, It is a very interesting way of wrapping up this duet because as it has splurred with, uh, with a, an A, uh, Desdemona joins much later in that note and singing just an F, you know, two notes lower than Otello. Otello. Someone saying Otello and the other saying Splendor. They join their voices, they wrap up this absolutely beautiful duet, and there is these notes, these chords by Maestro Tello, and the, the end of Act One catches us. One has the, uh, the sensation of having witnessed the perfection and, and the expression of extreme beauty and love. And that's what Otello and Desdemona have at the end of Act One. And it is now time for us to talk about, in this Act Two, about the true evil that is Iago. Iago has this infrequent uh, talent of understanding the weakness, the weakness of Otello. And he is going to use these weaknesses of Otello, this jealous, jealousy of Otello, to end up destroying him. This, but in the way of destroying Otello, he also destroys Desdemona. And in a way, he destroys himself. And to understand that, there is this area that Maestro Verdi built for Iago, usually called as the Credo, that starts by saying, Credo in un Dio crudele. Che mi ha che m'ha creato simile a sé e che nell'ira io nomo credo in un Dio crudel che m'ha creato simile a sé e che nell'ira io nomo those terrible words, credo in un Dio crudel, Iago says, I believe in a cruel God who created me similar to what he is. And that this anger that Kenelira, yo nomo, I call his name. That's how Iago starts his opening aria, which is tremendous, that, of course, great baritones have sung it in the past. Uh, horrible words, he sings, I am as vile as a germ. Or as an atom, you know, they already knew the... Uh, that word, the atom, you know, to, to the smallest of his existence, 
He, has, he was born vile, vile sonnato, son scenerato, perché son uomo, e sento il fango originario in me, because I was born a man, and I feel all that fango originario in me, making reference, you know, to the, to the Christian uh, belief that we were built from mud. So he says, I am a man, created a man from mud, and I still feel that mud that is part of me. Sí, cuesta la mia fe. Yes, that is my faith. Of course, if you have heard this uh, aria, uh, you're familiar with it, you understand that, and you know that the orchestration by Maestro Verdi is so dark and heavy. Credo confermo cuor, si come crede la verve nel tempio, che il mal che io penso e che da me procede, per mio destino ad ampio. Ah, credo confermo cuor, I believe with all my heart, Si come credo la vedove al tempio, che il mal che io penso che da me procede, because I think that all that evil that I think and that is born in me per mio destino adempio. Ah, talking about how all your evilness will, uh, will end up reaching you. Credo che il giusto è un istrion befardo e nel viso e nel cuor che il toto in noi bogiardo lagrima bacio sguardo sacrificio e dolor e credo l'uomo con iniqua sorte Dalle della cola al verme della bel. Every time he says credo, 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 this is the target. The third time he repeats and shares without, with us what in what he actually believes. Viendo potente risión la morte e poi E poi, ha, la morte il nulla. Death, ha, death is nothing. E vecchia fola il ciel. He wraps up his aria, but he's also reminding us, Cassio, a te questo il momento, because Cassio is an obstacle to reaching his goal. He has to destroy Cassio. He will end up destroying Desdemona. And as I was telling you, he will end up destroying Otello himself. So he says, Ma il caso in mio favor sadopra. Eccolo al posto all'opra. And that is because he has to build a believable story so that he can convince and starts digging into the jealousy of Otello, 
So he has to make him believe that Desdemona is in love, that he's having love affairs with Cassio. Cassio, the right hand of Otello, what better way to destroy a man than making him doubt of his own wife and making him doubt of his most loved friend and right hand. Iago understands that and builds this story around the uh, uh, handkerchief that will be repeated throughout the remaining of the opera as a proof of the treason of Desdemona. And uh, Cassio will start telling his story in a duet with Otello, also a very well-known duet because it is very impressive and powerful. He's a stirring, Era la notte, Cassio dormia. At this point, I also have to mention that Iago has to be a great, not only a great singer, but also a great actor himself. One, uh, the moment you see Iago, you really have to believe that he's evil himself. So with the intention, he says, Era la notte, Cassio dormia, li stavo accanto. Con interrotte voci tradia l'intimo incanto, le labbra lente, lente muovene l'abbandono del sogno ardente. Because Iago is telling a story at Otello that he caught Cassio in a sleep while he was dreaming. Cassio was dreaming and was dreaming of Desdemona because he says that Cassio in his, in his dream says, Desdemona suave, il nostro amor s'ascolda, cautiveliamo l'estasi del ciel. Of course, all of those are fake, are false words by Iago. He's making all that up, but it doesn't matter because he has to lie to make uh, Otello believe that Cassio dreams about her lover, Desdemona. Iago keeps telling the story about those dreams and about that relationship until they talk about Il Fazzoletto. Il Fazzoletto is that handkerchief that I was telling you just a moment ago. That Fazzoletto is the one that will reveal the treason to Otello. And I have been mispronouncing it, sorry. It is not Faccio. It is Fazzoletto. Il fazzoletto che io le diedi, pegno primo d'amor, quel fazzoletto ieri, that handkerchief, yesterday, I am sure, I saw in man di Cassio. And we say, when he says, I saw in man di Cassio, that symbol of love and loyalty of Desdemona, the one that, that handkerchief that he gave to this demon is now in the hands of Cassio. So Otello, in an eruption of anger, says, Ah, mille vite li donasse Dio! 
Ora e poi me la preda al furar mi Dio, mio, giago il cor di gelo, longi da me le pietosse larve, tutto il mondo vanno amore sano in cielo, guardami e sparve. Enses, nelle sue spire sangue l'idra mi avvince, enses, a sangue, 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 yelling blood, blood, blood. He wants the blood of the Zemon and Cassio. Si per il marmorio gioro, per le torte folgori, per la morte, per lo scuro, sterminator, dire l'impietor tremendo. And that's how it starts, because... I have to picture that Otello is losing his temper, he's out of his mind when he says sangue, sangue, sangue. Instead of love, now he wants the blood of his best friend Cassio and his wife Desdemona. Because I swear to God, si per cel marmonio giuro. Of course, as Otello is uh, in this eruption of angerness, Iago is enjoying at, enjoying this. Non valsate ancor testimone in sol che io miro che mi raglia inanimato inanimato inanima l'ampia terra il vasto sospiro del creato inter So while Jago is enjoying the scene and still playing with the emotions of Otello, they join their voices once again for Si per cel marmonio gioro per le forte folgori per la morte per lo scuro and this goes Uh, for quite some uh, time still when they uh, end each one with a phrase uh, Otelos, Otelos says Dio vendicator asking for the help of God to give him his help to end up, end up with the life of Desdemona and Cassio and uh, Iago joining also You know, so very happy, says, Dio vendicator, enjoying the, how that God will help Iago to accomplish the destruction of Cassio, Desdemona, and Otello himself. And that's how, with this powerful duet, the second act ends. Throughout the next scenes, we'll be uh, witnessing how this demona is mistreated by Otello, doubting the love she has for him, doubting of Cassio, while she's trying to intercede for Cassio. Uh, the more she intercedes for Cassio, I didn't mention that, but Cassio has been questioned by uh, Otello. It, it, it was, in fact, something that Iago built to discredit Cassio and that's why Desdemona is insisting of an interceding for Cassio 
but that only makes Otello uh, more angered. And there is a duet, a long scene in the third act, with, where there is nothing but humiliation towards Desdemona. Uh, one, if you still uh, think or feel you're a human, one cannot feel anything but sadness around what we are witnessing around Desdemona. Desdemona cannot understand why Otello is yelling, why he's upset, why he's mistreating, why he's so vile with her. All she understands is that she ha still has love for him. But now uh, Otello seems to be a very different man. She knows that, of course, being him a guerrero, of course, she knows he has uh, this strong uh, character, but never against her, never mistreating her like that. There is a moment in time, it depends on the performance, you see, that even uh, that Otello even throws her to the floor and humiliates the Zemona to the eyes of everybody. While, of course, uh, Diago is still enjoying that part and Otello keeps descending to the darkness part of his soul. The only, at this point, the only triumph is in the hands of Iago. Even the, the, the promotion, the request of the governor uh, for uh, Otello to join him is not well received because uh, he has been instructed to pass the power of the island of Chaiper to Cassio. With which, of course, uh, Iago does not like. But despite or never mind the political things that are going on around the power that Iago is willing to have, that uh, Otello has at this point, uh, that he has to pass to Cassio, despite not agreeing with that, it really doesn't matter because at this point there is only destruction and the uh, angerness all over the place. At this point, this demon is destroyed. Her feelings for Otello have not changed. She still, love, she still loves uh, Otello, but there seems to be no love in the eyes of Otello. There is only anger, there is only hatred in the eyes of Otello. And with that in mind, we reach, that is the, the very tough third act that is just of such a level of perfection that Maestro Verdi wrote that we need to reach or we are approaching the end of the opera. The end of the opera has a masterpiece of music being composed for the voice of the Zemona. She will not, uh, you will learn that soon if you don't know the plot still, she will not le leave us without sharing with us a little more about the beautiful soul she has. At the final act, she, there is this very dark, uh, sad music, those very told, the notes that Verdi wrote and that really touch your heart. There is very little dark. There is uh, uh, more, more than anything. There is darkness on the stage. And there you see Desdemona in the bedroom asking. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we haven't mentioned about uh, the role, the supporting role, the woman that helps Desdemona and that is called Emilia. She will ask Emilia to take 
the dress the dress that she married to that she used that she wore when she married to Otello. She wants she asked her to put it on the bed. She would like to wear it to see it and wear it for one more last time. Because at this point Desdemona really believes, really thinks that this is the last night she will be alive. At some point it is like a presentimento. She feels she will be killed that night. Uh, they call it the Willow Song, usually followed, or not usually, and followed by the Ave Maria, by Desdemona. And there is, she tells a very uh, lovely, still very sad story that starts like... Mia madre aveva una povera ancella Innamorata e bella Era il suo nome Barbara Amava un uomo Che poi l'abbandonò Cantava una canzone La canzone del salice Mi dicio le chiome Io questa sera ho la memoria piena di quella cantinella. Piangerà cantando nell'ermano Oh 
that many consummate sopranos like to sing Nell'ora della morte it says Ave Maria piena di grazia eletta fra le sposi e le vergini sei tu sia benedetto il frutto o benedetta di tue materne viscere Gesù prega per chi adorando a ti si prosta Prega per il precator, per l'innocente. And that final preghiera, that Ave Maria, will be almost the final words by Desdemona, because soon Otello will join her. Como also, for a second, uh, for seeing Desdemona in the wedding dress that they had, but just for a fraction of a second, because he is still 
very upset and being guided by Jago that Desdemona cannot see a next day. Desdemona will be killed in the hands of her own husband. And please let me make a small pause here in the plot and the music uh, to share you my thoughts. Uh, the last time I had the opportunity of seeing this live at the Palacio de Bellas Artes, I was telling myself, and it is not only because there is around the world this movement around the protection of women, and I was asking myself if we are not as, unfortunately, the, the news, the newspapers uh, recently all over the world, uh, is it that uh, when we see Otello killing his own wife, if we are not watching a feminicide on the stage. Uh, unfortunately, there are many cases of women who remain by, uh, by the side of their uh, lovers or their husbands, and they remain by the, side, uh, by, uh, by the side of the man who will end up killing them. Uh, I wish this was only a story. I wish it was only a plot by Shakespeare and with the music of Verdi. But it is true that it is happening many times around the world. And uh, how important should the story be different? Should, uh, should not Otello be told that way that Desdemona, seeing herself in danger, never accepted to be alone with Otello again? Because by deciding to be alone with him that last night is how he finishes up her life. Story could have been told differently, but this is how it actually ends up. Otello kills Desdemona uh, at the end, in the very last uh, seconds, very very last minutes of the opera. It is discovered that everything was a plot by Iago, but it is already very late because uh, Desdemona has been killed injustamente. And now Otello decides to kill himself, now learning that he has killed the love of his life for a number of lies, for a number of lives, lies that he chose to believe. He cannot live any longer knowing that he killed the love or his, of his life. And then there is this uh, phrase or these words that we have learned before when he says, Nion mi tema, nion mi tema, se ancora armato mi vede, ecco la fini del mio cammin, o gloria, o te lo fu. E tu come sei pallida talking to this demon, you know, in the paleness of death, Estanca e muta e bella pia creatura nata sulla maligna stella, freda, cold, come la casta tua vita in cielo la sorta. Ah, morta, morta, morta. Morta, he has killed this demon. And so, stabbing himself, Otello has decided to end with his own life. He has killed Desdemona, and now all the life is over for him. This is how this splendid opera by Maestro Giuseppe Verdi 
ends up. Thank you very much for having uh, shared another episode of Parlons de. This time we talked about Otello. Nous avons eu Parlons d'Otello. And hope to see you some other time soon. We're posting more content in our profile in coffee. You can find us there as Opera We Love Singing. All in one word. So, go to coffee. K as in key. O as in opera. Dash. F as in food and I as in ice. We love to see you there.